Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. You meet a mom in a park, and you're like, I have two. And they're like, I have two. And then the inevitable next question is, are you done? Are you a mom of two? Or are you blah, blah, blah? And it's like, let me figure out which box to just put myself in. I think there's also got to be some evolution where your body has healed probably after two years or something where or you've you've just forgotten enough how hard the first few months are because I'm done. And even me. My daughter's two and a half at the time of this recording, and I am looking around at little babies and I'm having these dumb things going on in my uterus and in my brain being like, oh, my God, I'm never having a little baby again. She's grown up. Like, what the fuck? That's what's weird. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. How's everybody doing? I am coming to you live from my clothes where I do all of my records. And I'm just really grateful to be in this little bubble where my kids are both at school. Vera's taking a nap. Hopefully she doesn't wake up. And I'm very excited to use this podcast as an excuse to hang out with one of my closest friends who I haven't seen in a while. She's been on the podcast <gasps> twice before. Oh my gosh, somebody get her a, what do we get? What does she get? A Katie's Crib mug? A Katie's Crib shirt? I don't know what she gets, but this is her third times a charm is being a guest on Katie's Crib. And her second episode is one of our most listened to episodes, I think, ever in the history of the podcast, because she birthed her second baby in a car. Yes, she did, folks. And her husband caught that baby in the passenger seat of the car. And if you haven't listened to Troy and Belisario and Patrick J. Adams' birth story of their little baby girl, Elliot, on season, I think it was maybe four, might have been four. Let me tell you. 
It is quite the listen. Even Shonda Rhimes herself told me that she listened to the episode and she was on the edge of her seat the entire time. Today's guest, I gotta have a catch up and hear how it's going because I haven't talked to her much lately and I want to know how it is going with two girls transitioning to a family of four. The one and only Troy and Belisario is here today, folks. She's an actress, writer, director, and producer. She's best known for starring as Spencer Hastings in the television series Pretty Little Liars. She also most recently starred opposite Kate Blanchett in the Annapurna feature Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Troyan was the lead of John Avnet's web series Wigs. She also starred in the remake of the French cult classic Martyrs and Feed, a Sony feature that she wrote, produced, and acted in herself. Troy and starred alongside her husband and fellow actor Patrick Adams in the 2019 Toronto International Film Festival selection, Clara. And she has won two Teen Choice Awards and a Young Hollywood Award. Troy Ann, thanks for being on Katie's Crib again. Hi. Troy <laughs> Oh, my God. Hi. This is your third Katie's Crib episode. <laughs> I almost texted you. I almost texted you to be like, yo, what are we talking about? Are we talking about something specific? <laughs> no. Like, I basically told the listeners that I sometimes just also use Katie's crib to hang out with my favorite moms and just be I'm like, how it. are you doing? Are you okay? Like, are we okay? Is this happening? The first time you came on, we talked about mom brain and burnout. The second time hmm. we came on, we talked about the greatest birth story that has ever <laughs> graced the airway. Which was just two years ago on Monday. Elliot turned two on Monday. She did? Yeah. And oh I can't, I was God. like, See, that's crazy. why we're supposed to do this now. And I literally had a text from Shonda Rhimes that was like, that was the greatest episode I've ever heard of anything in my entire life. I was on the edge of my seat. The birth <laughs> story is amazing. And I really just want to have you on and hear about... I think the transition from one to two is a big deal that deserves attention. But I also want to hear, because you have been killing it and you in the past bunch of months at the time of this recording have been very heavily back at work. And I'm curious how that identity shift has been. And I'm curious to hear how Aurora is taking to being a big sister and how you are juggling being a mom of two. Since she just turned two, big milestone. What are we succeeding at and what are we failing at? Okay, let's see. We're failing. I'll start with what we're failing. <laughs> I love at. that you start there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not starting not going to successes. What because what I feel very strongly right now is the and I felt this, I remember like right around two with Aurora, is the like am I done question seems to be like really following me around like Eeyore's cloud. And I think it's because it's just a generic thing that like you meet a mom in a park and you're like, I have two. And they're like, I have two. And then the inevitable next question is, are you done? Are you a mom of two? Are you blah, blah, blah. And it's like, let me figure out which box to just put myself in. I think there's also got to be some evolution where your body has healed probably after two years or something where, or you've, you've just forgotten enough how hard the first few months are because I'm done. And even me, my daughter's two and a half at the time of this recording, and I am looking around at little babies and I'm having these dumb 
things going on in my uterus and in my brain being like, oh, my God, I'm never having a little baby again. She's grown up. Like, what the fuck? That's what's weird. And I'm looking at photos and pictures of them as those little, little babies. And I don't really remember it. And I know now it's gone. And am I done? So if I even had an inkling of being unsure, I would see a lot of cool. Like, what am I feeling? What do I want to do? I just met someone who's pregnant with a third too. And I was like, wait, am I done? I'm done. I'm done. Right. And it's hard because it's like, whoever you talk to, they're the ones who are doing it right. At work the other day, sat on set with two people who have three kids and they're like, you're going to have that third because it's they play in a pack. They were just telling me all the reasons three is the magic number and I was not going to stop at two. It's perfect whatever you are, wherever you are. People have to convince themselves wholeheartedly that That where they are is the right right choice, right? I think that's it. I think people also get thrown if any one of their child is what we would call difficult or extra spirited because Mm -hmm. they might have more hands full. You know what I mean? Where they're just like, holy shit, I literally can't. I don't have it the bandwidth. But if you have a a family unit where the kids are on the spectrum of easy and difficult, leaning more towards easier then in that they listen and they're sort of set up in their school life and they're like, okay, versus like a kid, like, I don't know, needs a lot more extra attention. And sometimes yeah. you might feel like my bandwidth is has been reached. But from an outsider, I'm like, do a third, Troy. Do a third. This. But it's so funny. Patrick was literally like, what are you, ta- when would you, what time are you talking about? I think the hard thing is like, I was so enmeshed and just about me, like my relationship with Aurora. And that was because not like in an un- unhealthy way, I hope not, but because Patrick was working so much during her first year, she was attached to me all the time. Like literally I was wearing her, I would go visit him on set. We'd nap together. I'd take her home. It was just like primary and primal. Like we were never without each other. And then when Elliot came in, I was really speaking about going from one to two. I was like, totally terrified. I wept after, who knows why I wept. I'd given birth in a car. I'm sure I was reaping for a million reasons. <laughs> but just being and absolutely And you gave insane. birth in a car in five seconds. Yeah. I cried in the room because I felt... A, like, I remember so much you talking about your experience with Albie first being born. Because, like, when Aurora was born, we all have our different experiences, but I was immediately attached to her. And then when Elliot was born, I was getting all of these pictures from Aurora at home. And I was like, oh, my God, like, is she okay? Like, it was a night away from her. And I was here with this new being that I was seemingly totally strange to me. I felt the difference and I felt guilty, not only for leaving Aurora and for changing our relationship, but guilty for not feeling the same towards Elliot that I did immediately with Aurora. And then, you know, it's amazing because that totally changes. I love being with my two girls and what would be really challenging about a third is like the dynamic of putting Elliot in the spot of middle child. I experienced being a middle child. I know Patrick experienced being a middle child. There's a lot of 
specific pain that goes with that. And now I'm so deeply connected with her. I'm like, not that she wouldn't be an amazing sister, but that is something where I'm like, wow, right now you're the baby. And that's a certain kind of attention, a certain kind of love. And you have this protective older sister and there's not somebody under you that I'm like, can you go over there and play with that? I'm with the baby. Right. I'm breastfeeding. I'm the da 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 You said you connected to Aurora like immediately. Mm-hmm. And Elliot was a different experience from the jump. How long do you think it took you to connect to Elliot? I would say it was within that first, that first 40 days. I wanted to be in the flow of what I was in with Aurora before Elliot was born. And even though I was really pregnant, I was always there for her. It was her and me. We could go out, we could have a lunch date. We could go do this. We could go do that. And then when Elliot was born, both of us during those first, that like fourth trimester, like they call it, we were kind of housewritten and she couldn't go out. And I was a little bit more like agitated. I was like, okay, great. Now the baby's born and like she's out in the world and she's 10 days old. I'm a little bit more like, ooh. It was COVID. I want to hibernate. I want to make sure her immunity is up. My immunity is up. I want to heal. Exactly. I do all those things. I love that. I love that. And Aurora's like, the fuck? Where's my schedule? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Aurora's like, I want to go outside and play. And I was kind of like, yeah. okay, I'm going to, you're going to go out with Papa. But that was the thing was like, that was her chance to bond with Patrick that was amazing exactly to see in right. that That's exactly if I'm right. completely honest, I was hoarding her in a way for, because he was working all the time. His schedule was stacked against him. Adam loves nothing more like I had to go away for work for eight nights, which was the longest I've ever done from Albie and Vera. And like no judgment for anyone that's done way longer than that, way younger. I think it's such a personal thing. But for some reason that wasn't sitting right with me. And Adam was like, get the fuck out of here. They don't want me when you're around. Please Mm. leave. I want my shot. I want Vera to like be able to like only depend on me because if you're around, she wants you. Yeah. This is a gift to me. So can you please go and not be so concerned about your own feelings here? I want to take care of the kids. And I'm like, and not that he doesn't when I'm here. It's just the odds are stacked against him. My daughter just really wants me. And that's that right now. Totally. So you having to really be home with Elliot was Patrick chance to really bond in a different way with Aurora, which makes perfect sense. It was so good. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Do you remember bringing Elliot home to meet Aurora? Uh, God, I don't remember it, but because I have videos of it, I have since formed a, a video memory. Same, <laughs> same. Like, I don't have my own memory of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember we brought her in. We still did the thing with the dogs where it was like, we brought the dogs out. We brought them something to smell of Elliot's, which really wasn't that hard considering Elliot was all over all of our clothes in our car. The car. We just like, just come, <laughs> just come out here. Uh, or I think actually we... We brought Aurora to the front door to meet Elliot. We really wanted her to see her and welcome her and be a part of bringing her in the house. In the house. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is she like into it being a big sister or does she fucking hate it? Did she hate it at first? Has she changed? She's such a good big sister. It's crazy. I mean, you know, she's had moments which are like, so amazing, you know, like you could put them in like a children's book where she'll like sit down and she's like, mama, it's really hard sometimes to have a little sister. You know what I mean? And and I'm like, yeah, man, I get you. But it's never a like, she never wanted to kill her. She never wanted to drown her. You know what I mean? Or like, that's good there. That's real. That's real. It's so real, real. You know, I know so many, so many friends whose kids have been like, can you take the baby back? Like, I don't, like this, you know, and she just was always really into the the baby being here. And now even when Elliot's like, Elliot's such a total beast mode kind of girl, you know, she's just like a, a big old brute and Aurora. Like <laughs> I love wife. her. It's so yeah, good. She's yeah. like a little tank. Yeah. And, oh, and, cute. and Aurora really like empathizes with her, you know, like she, she gets frustrated with her, but she will... Often when Elliot can't express something, because she's like a little bit later to communication than Aurora was. So are my two. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Has that been a shock of like your first was I took so for granted. Like I never talked to Albie like a baby ever. He was yeah. so verbal so early on. Same with Aurora. has had to be in massive speech classes. I don't understand what she's saying. She was delayed, X, Y, and Z. And then the person, I took her to these speech classes and this therapist was like, well, are you doing like twinkle, twinkle and say bye-bye and say hello? And I was like, no. And she was like, yeah, this kid like needs you to like do baby like imitation stuff because like imitation is the basis of language and she's not oh interesting and i was like oh fucking shit i have to do what yeah and then similarly 
just how you already can't compare two different people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Albie is really, really, measures really small. You know, he's like the lowest percentage of height and weight. And he's the older, but he's going to be 13 and Vera's going to be 10. And she's going to be towering over him. Oh, wow. She's really, really tall. Yeah. Are you having experiences like that, too, where the two girls are so vastly different? They're so vastly different, but they're like, they're both really tall. They Both of our kids, like everybody who sees them, thinks they're at least two years older than they are. Mm-hmm. They do have very different body types. Elliot's just like, first of all, she looks exactly like Patrick. Oh, yeah. It's bananas. She's just you stacked. birthed Troyan and you birthed Patrick. Yeah. And then there's this little like bird girl who is Aurora. It's really cool because like the way that they move through the world, it's almost like they help each other in a in a funny way. So far, it's been working really well. Aurora, right. because she's so tall, like she'll get things for Elliot. Elliot's like really, she's a little bit slower to communicate. And Aurora's, if she says something and I misunderstand, Aurora's like right there with being like, she wants this. That's what she's saying. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. Oh, same. It's been the greatest gift. Because when we leave them with a babysitter or, I, or she goes to a school class or something and Albie's mm-hmm. there, I always tell the teacher, I'm like, if you can't understand Vera or what she needs or wants, just ask Albie and he'll tell you. Because oh. Albie is the only person that understands her whole language. That's so sweet. It's so sweet. Um, speaking about language, which is something I really wanted to talk to you about, and we've never talked about on Katie's crib. Aurora is at a language immersion school. And I want to know what, how you chose that, why you chose that, why that's a value to you. I think it's so fascinating. I wish I had done it. Can you explain that to our listeners? Because I didn't grow up in any sort of a bilingual household, when I came to language, my brain it was so hard for me. And I noticed that in so many people that I meet in the world, if they didn't learn a language really, really young, it doesn't matter what language, but there's just like a neuroplasticity that's like calcified and it's really hard to move through that. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I think there's also just like a real, not to get political, but like a real rejection of like America first feeling because I like the idea that she goes to a school And somebody speaks to her in a different language. And it's not a like, ooh, you're other. That's weird. It's, okay, I need to try to work to understand you and learn what you're saying so that we can communicate. And that's how I can move through the world. So I want her to have that so that when she goes to other places in the world, it's not a like, God, why don't they speak English? I'm hoping that she'll be like, okay, that's the language I need to speak to get around here. What can I do to learn the base words? What can I do to even just learn? I'm sorry, I only speak English. Can you help me? That is the coolest thing ever. I was so excited to talk to you today because I was thinking about my amazing Miriam, who has been my nanny since my kids were eight weeks old, or my son was eight weeks old for five and a half years. Like she only speaks to them in Spanish. And um, the best. Oh my God. But what's weird is my children understand every single thing. My son is five and a half. She only speaks to him in Spanish. He understands every single thing she says and responds to her in English and does not speak Spanish. Mm. And, but then one of my closest friends in a similar boat, their nanny also only spoke to their son in Spanish. And what was so cool was that she immediately put him in Spanish classes 
he's in a he's in a basement of a church in Spanish class on Saturdays for about five hours on a Saturday. And yeah. she lets him watch television, but only in Spanish. So he, he only watches TV in Spanish every single day. And the kid won't speak Spanish to his parents, but when she picks him up from the church basement on Saturdays, the teachers come out and they say he's unbelievable. His pronunciation is unbelievable and he's completely fluent. So cool. Did I miss the boat? Like, am I supposed no. to like get uh, on Abby's... this right now? No. He's five and a half. I feel like we're done. Send him to college. I fucked up. <laughs> I'm a failure. You know what? He's, he's a, on his he's track. He's a fucking American that only knows English. Just get like out. his fucking dumb, dumb ass parents. No, like, no. I think the only thing that matters is the practicing of it. My mom constantly tells me, she's like, you know, you were fluent in Portuguese when we were little because we had a, like a Portuguese nanny. And I was like, What? Right, But I think it's just about practicing, you know, like whatever you're immersed in. And so if Albie's speaking to Miriam in Spanish, it's just going to be about giving him opportunities to continue that. Dude, you're fine. The minute this podcast app is over is I'm texting my friend Becky and I'm going to be like, where is Miles taking Spanish? I, I wish that is just such a gift. I wish I was somebody who was bilingual or maybe... Maybe it would be cool if she had two parents who one spoke Spanish primarily and like one spoke English primarily. I just want to do this for her and see if it can maybe help her brain development in a different way. So what's the spattering of Aurora? Like, what's the spattering of stuff? Are you trying a bunch of different stuff to see what she's into? Is it like a dance and an art and a, a sport? That's another really cool thing that she gets to do at school is like try a bunch of different extracurricular things. And so it's just like, we're like, you want to be in soccer? You're in soccer. You want to be in gymnastics? You're also in gymnastics. And I take her to dance class. And and then the cool thing for me is particularly the classes that I get to go to her with that like aren't just at school. I just go and I really never force her to participate. Aurora gets really shy. She's like a very observant. She needs to like get a lay of the land before she jumps into something. Yeah. And so I've been in a lot of classes where I've taken her and we spent the whole class with her just sitting in my lap watching. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's her experience of the class because she didn't feel up to jumping in there and I'm not going to push her, but she's, She's a really physical person once she gets engaged. And so I think that we just want to like feed that as much as possible and really give her an opportunity to figure out what she, what she likes. I think that's awesome. I'm asking because I'm like, I don't sign up Albie for much things. I was hoping to sort of take his lead on what to sign him up for. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't really been happening. So I might have to take it upon myself to try a karate or a music I know. or Speaking of, how do you and Patrick Adams feel about signing her up for like a tiny spotlight like acting thing? Because my God, I don't know what to do. Is Albie like into it? I don't know, but I'm too scared to try it. All my friends, their kids are in like tiny spotlight or like baby dramatics and they're doing like Frozen or Trolls movie, the play. And they're all getting up and doing all this stuff. And I don't know 
some actor parent friends I have, and you two are the only few people who are like both people are actors in the relationship. Yeah. Same with me and Adam. And I've just been like, nope, nope, nope. He's not signing up. Nope, not putting yeah. him in acting, not doing it. And then I am like, but come on, acting teaches confidence and getting up in front of a group of people. And, mm-hmm. and he won't catch the bug. We'll be okay. He's not going to be an actor. And then I'm like, no. <laughs> have you and Patrick had any thoughts on this? Lord, we have not. But but I think to me what it comes from is like, there's so many different things, right? I remember being a kid and wanting to play story time, right? And sure. like wanting to be the princess, wanting to put on a performance for my parents sure. or whatever, like sure, dress up sure. and make a play. Sure. But by the time I'm thinking about like, you know, middle school, when I was like making little films with my friends, like I did really want to be an actor. I knew that I wanted to do that. I don't know. I feel like there's a difference between like, theater and the acting programs. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I, guess I want them to understand. I want my kids to understand what it is that we do before yeah. they decide. I want to be in a, you know, a tiny spotlight class or something. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because right now, I think we're just really fortunate in that we've, we've had so many experiences of being like, look who's on the, the screen. And, you know, they're both like, that's Papa. You know what I mean? And they just don't <laughs> totally. give a shit. But totally. it was really cool when we got to go visit Patrick in New York when he was on Broadway to get the kids up on the stage and to try to explain to them, this is what the work that Papa's working on right now. And people come in and they sit in these chairs and then Papa stands up here and he tells a story and the lights go down. Wow. We're a little bit under trying to explain that to them. I just don't think they get mm-hmm. that yet. They're not there yet. I'm sure Albie is probably. I'm terrified. Well, Ooh. he's such a performer in our house. And I'm like, oof, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm like you. Like, I wanted to be an actor from the time I was little. I was always performing. But I was already in dance classes by three. I was already like, you know, the school play by five years old. I had the bug. Yeah. And I just loved it. I was in like an acting class by the time I was like eight or nine. But but that was from you. Yes, it was totally from me. They're going to be exposed to it. That's why I'm a little bit like, obviously no shame on people who want to put their kids in some sort of extracurricular, you know, activity that's like a little spotlight Play, or yes. something. Yeah. To me, if if they experience it and they're like, that's what I want to do, then I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to go on this ride now and see what that's like. I know. Troy, and if we come back on this podcast in 20 years and our kids are like all actors, I'm just going to be like, oh my God, like what is happening? Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. 
And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Question, why does Patrick, which I love, and I've always wanted to ask you this, he goes by Papa and not Daddy. I think we just, we both decided that we didn't like, we really didn't like mommy and daddy. And so uh-huh. I think we both agreed when they were born that we were like, because, you know, you're, you're the ones who are calling each other mommy, like mommy and daddy or mama and papa before. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just really liked mama and papa before. And it's so funny because when Aurora first came home from school, she started because they would talk to her about like your daddy at home or your mommy at home. And so I remember the first time she came home from school and she was like, mommy. And I was like, what? And she was like, mommy. And I was like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. What are we, what are we, who are I'm you calling? Mama. Who are you calling? I'm, I'm mama. mama. And then, and then she was really funny because then she started having funny, having fun with it. She was like, mommy. And I was like, That's oh man. so funny. That's hilarious. I always wondered that because I, when they come over for a play date and they're like, papa, I'm like, cause my dad is papa. My yeah, dad, like a grandparent and grand, his grandpa, he's Papa. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I wonder if that Patrick and Troyan consciously chose that, which you did. And I love. I think just for both of us, like to be completely honest, without getting like too far into our psyches, we yeah. both had very, very traumatic relationships to the names mommy and daddy, you know, whether it was like the the pressure to call dad daddy you know from me right or like right, right, or just right. whatever whatever that relationship is we just didn't have it with our parents and so it felt false to put right. that onto our kids that's where that comes from <laughs> how has it been with two kids going back to work full force mm. well it's been really interesting because for me uh i think just particularly because of the kinds of jobs that lined up. I was really fortunate in that I didn't really ever have to go back to work. I didn't really have the chance to go back to work full time until recently. And then you went back to work so full time. I mean, so full time, zero to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had jobs, but I mean, like to go from like, 
it's not out there yet, but, you know, Troy and booked a very big job that had a lot of responsibility attached. And I was just yeah. curious, like how it's been feeling juggling that with two kids. It's been hard. Thank God for our incredible nanny Reina. And, and to be completely honest, like while Patrick was away, we met two other wonderful, like part-time nannies that were looking for extra work. And so since Reina was there with me during the day, I was kind of like going just nights by myself. Patrick was kind of like, I feel like you should ask for help on some nights, just if some nights it's like too much to do by yourself. Totally. So I did the same thing when Adam was in Budapest shooting. I did the same thing. Yeah. So we, so we met two really wonderful part-time nannies and they sort of like come in and and help Patrick because now it's really the reverse, right? It's like, I leave before the girls wake up or I'm shooting nights and I don't get to see them at all. And I really just can't be relied upon for anything, whether it's dropping her off at school or picking her up or, you know, having dinner ready, all of these things that for the past five years, I've been pretty on doing. Has that been a huge adjustment for Aurora? They will both have um, sort of emotional moments, particularly, I think the, the wonderful thing is the weekends. Weekends, I get a lot of snuggles and there's a lot of like excitement around like, oh, you're home or you're home for dinner. Elliot, even like recently, she was so happy. It was Sunday or something. I think it was Mother's Day. And she turned to me and she was like, mama home and papa home, mama home and papa home. And I was like, yeah, like we're both here. And it was, it kind of broke my heart in a way. Cause I was like, oh my God, you're realizing that this is not like the norm. And that's so heartbreaking to me. But one of the real reasons that I took this job is because it's a, in terms of television, like a pretty short commitment. Right. It's finite. So it's like, even if it kicks your ass and you're so not present as a mother yeah. for 10 weeks, it's 10 weeks. It's not like 10 years. It's not like a full year. There's a finish line. There's a finish line and it's close enough to LA that I was coming home. I was spending every night at home. So I was still making it home some nights if I got, you know, if I left early enough for dinner and bedtime or when I'm shooting nights, I get to like pick up Aurora from school and, you know, spend some time with Elliot during the day. So it's like, I'm really, it's, it was truly, it is truly a dream job in that I get to do what I want to do acting wise. And it's such a great like commitment and responsibility. And then conversely, it's close to home. So I'm here and I have weekends and it's short. Did you have any guidance like, like in preparing for it? Do you have sit down conversations with Aurora where you're like, like mom booked a big, you know, mom has a job and I'm not going to be around as much. Like, do you prepare her or do you find that that brings up too much anxiety and it's better to just like jump in and let her adjust? No, no, we, we do a lot of preparation. I mean, both kids just like, they both thrive on preparing for transitions. They thrive on preparation. They hate fast transitions. And so I was actually in Rye again, and I remembered because I was talking about like to to Wendy, our class leader. I was like, "How do I do this?" Blah blah. blah. And she was like, "Why don't you write them a book? Yeah, like, right. and you can draw like stick figures." Um, yeah. And I remembered when I had to go away to shoot something for the first time. I was going to be away from Aurora when I was pregnant with Elliot. 
I drew her her own coloring book that was about the time we were going to spend away and that she could FaceTime me and here are the people who are there for you. And I'm thinking about you every day. And it was really helpful to read that with her, probably for my psyche, yeah. but just to like talk about it and, and it not to be in a sort of like traumatic, like, no, I need to be leaving. I'm like leaving out the door. It's like, I'm right here. We're in bed. We're talking about it. It feels chill. And so that was a big thing of like, well, I got to go to work and I'm thinking about you always. And I can't wait to see you again. These are the people, if you ever need me, like you FaceTime me and I'll let you know when I'm coming home. So that's been really helpful for transitions, I'd say. When do you feel like you're going to decide yay or nay as we wrap up here with this? Oh, my God. Decision? Are you talking about the third? Oh, yeah. the, well, the joke, the joke that I always say is like they are so loved and they are exactly the beings that were meant to be here because Aurora and Elliot chose to be here. Yes. And Patrick and Troy and are choosing for these beings to be here. It was just a like, wait, what's happening? We're, we're being okay. We're being parents now. So yeah. I, I think that's really the the stance that I take is like I've been fortunate enough to not have to make a choice about when I have kids. So we'll see if another one decides to come in. We'll see. We'll see if a spirit is circling the Belisario Adams household. <laughs> uh, we shall see if something is circling and will make themselves known. In closing, do you remember? Yeah. I know Elliot is two now. Yeah. Was there anything that you used from your registry with either kid that you were like, this is the most important thing I've gotten and have used endlessly when they were babies? We were so into the snoo. And I know that that's like super controversial because I have since circulated because we bought the snoo and then like gifted it to every single one oh, of our friends. We were same. just like pass it around because it's the most expensive fucking thing. Um, but like legitimately nobody else, they were just like, it didn't work. They didn't like it, blah, blah, blah. And so we were like, okay. Both of our kids loved it. Great. I love hearing I that. I loved it. I loved having the snoo because it was, for me, it was really just a bassinet to have them next to me. That can kind of rock them. That can, that can rock them. Yeah. yeah. And they love that motion. Yeah. And both my girls really dug it. Uh, so that's that's what I would say. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. The snoo is amazing. Harvey, Dr. Harvey Karp, who invented the snoo, has been on Katie's Crib season one. He's amazing. Yes. But also the snoo, if it is out of your price range, because it is expensive, I believe they even have programs now that you can rent them. <gasps> amazing. Yeah. I think you can even rent them. Um, or I know people who've gone in on it with other families like yeah. you're due in January, I'm due in April, you're doing whatever. Let's all chip in, split it three ways and pass it between the, the three families. I think that's a great idea because the window of using it is pretty small, oh. you know? Yes. yes. It's so wonderful during that window, especially when you need all the sleep you can get. But I think that's a great idea to like chip in with other families or to rent. Cause like, you know, like we were done when, when we were done with it, we were like, okay, I guess it's passing it along. And my next question is finish this sentence. I'm not sure if you answered oh. it on either, your, either episode one or two. Parenthood is. <gasps> oh my God. I, it's so stupid. I was just Nothing gonna, stupid. 
No, it's so embarrassing. I was just thinking like the best. I was just I love that. I was That's just, so nice. No one says that and you should. Let it be celebrated. Like I yeah. think that Katie's crib people come to cry and not feel alone and hear scary things, but then they also hear that like it also is good, guys. Troy and Belisario yeah. says parenthood is the best. Take it it's, from it's her. The- it's she birthed her baby I, in a fucking car. Because <laughs> I, re- I really was thinking, like, it's so hard. It's so complicated. It's so trying. It's basically what makes you want to pass out at night. And it changes your whole life and changes your whole marriage. And not always in a good way. But at the yes. end of the day, there's this creature in the world that you are like, wow, I get to know you. I know you so well. I'm just so grateful that I get to have that relationship with two human beings. It's the coolest. Troyan, I'm so grateful that you have Uh, done three episodes of Katie's Crib and that it is going amazingly. You're killing it. Your children are gorgeous. Your family of four is phenomenal. And I love you. Thank you so much for coming back on Katie's Crib. Uh, I can't wait for us to get together in real life and celebrate again. Thank you so much for asking me back. It's always, always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you. Let's chat. Questions, comments, concerns? Let me know. You can always find me at Katie's Crib at Shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.